andouille sausage, but oh. he does eat seafood. Oh, good. So I'm yeah. not worried because I'm but the vegan, like the vegan chorizo. I think is that's better what I was going to do. Chorizo. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to do. That's what I usually do is yeah. the vegan chorizo. It's good stuff. Yeah, so it it doesn't. I I can, I actually I think I prefer it because regular chorizo has that weird porky smell sometimes. Mm. Bad, not bad pork. Too but, fatty mm, and over, like because I I actually did um. Uh, I made an awesome chili. I was really proud of myself at a crock pot. Mm. So I did a grandma style, soaked them beans overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, I had, you know, red, green pepper. I chopped some peppers from the backyard, um, celery, and then I used the sorizo. Yeah. And that sorizo, I was like, oh, it's perfect. Perfect. I love it. Did a slow cooked chili. Mm. Ate that shit for like three, four days. Gets better with time. Yep. So, but yeah, there's, there's, I usually, my problem is I go really ham around the holidays mm. and it's really hard for me to just cook a normal, I don't know what a normal amount is no, I, during, who knows? during the holidays. Like if it was just Marcus and I, I would probably still have about six dishes Yeah, because I'm just so used to growing up. A platter of food, a buffet. The whole table's full. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. and you're going to be eating and drinking. Bounty. And, you know, all day opening presents. Probably not this year. <laughs> uh, well, smoking weed. Um, you know, it's just, you know, I, I, I like I I'm like excited. Thank you, for, thank you for including me. I really appreciate it. Oh, that. I wanted you to come. Yeah. I mean, you missed the wedding. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta bring up old shit. No, uh, I, was, I was gonna try to hit both things. It's I okay. Just, <laughs> but you I'm know, clone myself in the future. But I mean, it's also special to me because since you are leaving, and you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's familiar. Yay! Okay, so. well, you're the best. Next week's gonna be our last week. We'll I'll put out some promo and tell people, and yeah. maybe we'll get old dumb face to come in his wife's flying into town because his dad died his oh wife's no. yeah and he's dealing with all of that his wife's flying into town aaron i can't wait to meet her on wednesday that's tomorrow and then he said oh we're gonna come into the city she's never been in the city before so we're gonna do something so i'm gonna try to convince him to come in and do a comedy thing but it would be great if they came in on a tuesday oh that would be so and, great um, i actually did an altercast. <laughs> but if not he can just call in like old dumb face like we we know and like love, we used so. to Yes, like we used to. Okay, well, I love you. Thank you. I'm going to see too. you on Monday at thanks. I mean, at Thanksgiving, at, Thanksgiving, <laughs> at Killings Christmas. It feels like it is Jesus's going to be. Birthday, yeah. I totally feel like we're about to go into Thanksgiving, not Christmas. Yeah. I'm not. I'm trying to be in the mood. I am in the mood. I'm just behind. I'm behind, too. I'm behind. I got life going on. And I hear that. I haven't thought about presents and stuff. I mean, I have so much stuff to give away. I can't buy anything. I can give people furniture. I got <laughs> art books. to give away. I got books. I got all kinds of shit. Um, this is here. I'm going to say one last thing. I'm a nice person. Uh, I, as I'm cleaning out my house, I found some things of Jonathan's. And rather than burn them, I, he can pick them up here on Saturday. I'm in a, they're in that bag and that skateboard. I'm bringing in <laughs> a skateboard back because I could destroy it. That's I want to. But um, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let him have his stuff back. So. Oh, I might go into your records. Oh, please take whatever you want. Absolutely. It won't be, it won't be this week because I can't. Kick. Yeah, you got a I lot of stuff. I got to walk to the warehouse. Well, I will. Next week we'll get it done. I'm excited for Monday and Tuesday. That's so sweet. 
Yeah. Well, that he's getting both. So the skateboard that's his is the shovel head, but I'm going right. to give him that other one too because it it's. You're I mean, like, what am I going to do with this? What am shit? I going to do with this other skate? What am I going to do with these skateboards? I'm not bringing skateboards to Greece. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I don't, I can't start a fire. Am I? Yeah, I'm not going to start a fire. I was thinking about it, but I'm not gonna because I'm a good person. As she rules her eyes. As I, I know. Oh God, I hate being a good person. All right, I love you. We'll see you love next you. Bye. each other up they outnumber us in the towns in the cities and we own no wildernesses rich and deep enough for stronghold against their stiff battalions see how the tree boles flatten and lose their good browns if the thin people simply stand in the forest making the world go thin as a wasp's nest and grayer not even moving their bones
Okay, first of all, we wouldn't have strippers, we'd have exotic dancers, and they'd be a whole different kind of exotic, because after all, it's women dancing for other women, and that's, you know, a challenging twist. Um, we get a set design, okay? Work a net and a goalie, and exotic dancers got a, a blue and gold field hockey uniform, like numbered jersey, kilt bloomers, striking eyes, and cleats, and uh, hockey sticks. You get it? This is the perfect lesbian bar we See, the next dancer should be dressed as a UPS delivery woman. Brown cap, light brown shirt with UPS patch, a heavy quilted jacket, brown work pants, and something walking shoes. She's carrying a package and a return address to some lingerie store. Okay, good. I guess we gotta find a um, kind of a femi princess outfit for a Cinderella deal and a, a princess charming that looks something like, you know, Princess Stephanie Monica. Um, you think we can find a mother-to-be to dance, maybe like once a month or so? They are so on the very edge of sex. And the females, I want every woman here to realize her existence as a lesbian in the world and to be able to recreate pivotal turning points in her life, discovering the world of lesbian love. So, I want a basement clothing with a sofa and a pull-out bed. Posters of Chrissy Hine, The Pretenders, and Diana Ross. Um, candles shaped like rain.
Patriots' line of defense. All the better, said Michael, as if he knew me better than I did myself. His lips felt soft as rain. His deft fingers rolled my socks down, bringing goosebumps to my knees and tears to my eyes. He was, after all, a public servant, and I, when it came down to it, was hungry for affection, if not love. With his foot, Michael pushed the coffee table out of the way. Tell me you don't want me, he said, enfolding me in his big, strong arms. I don't, I whimpered into the hollow of his neck. Then he was kneeling in front of me, with his face in my crotch, blowing short, hot puffs through the silk of my underwear. My hands were on his shoulders, half pushing him away. One of his fingers inched its way past the elastic on my inner thigh, parting my resistance. His thumb pressed on the tiny, swollen line. Tears were pouring down my face as I hid my embarrassment. I hate you, I hate you, came my muffled cries. Michael pulled me from the couch as if I were a rag doll, all my resistance gone. In one quick motion, he peeled off my underpants and put them on the coffee table next to his revolver. Then he spread my legs and covered me with his body, still fully dressed, kissing my tears and whispering passionately in my ears. All the while, he pressed himself rhythmically into the gnawing ache of my groin. Soon, a wonderful warm wave began radiating through my whole body. An involuntary moan came from my throat as all the pent-up pressures and loneliness began to recede. My hands fell limp by my sides as Michael undressed me. It was as if I were hypnotized, his fingers tracing the curves of my body, his touch both electric and sensual my hips rolling in an unforgettable motion of their own, my breath coming hard and fast as he bent his head to my quivering thighs, licking, licking, with soft little animal sounds, bringing me to a peak of sensation. It was more than I could handle. My mind felt as if it were unhinging, reeling into a starless void. Please, Please. I was afraid and the pleasure had turned to pain. I struggled to free myself from his grip, suddenly sitting up, hands flying, not knowing what to cover first. Shh, said
one side Just the beat of my poor heart in the dark Upon my lips And he begs me to please Keep still in the dark But soon the death will be ended And you all is going to be missed Gee, but I'm not pretending Cause I swear it's Just let them dance We're going to find romance in the dark Lord, in the dark, in the dark It's just you and I Not a sound, not a sound It's not one sigh Just a beat, just a beat of my poor heart In the dark
of his fate set themselves out upon a platform to choose. Country all covered with sleep where the black angel did weep, not an old city street in the east.
name is Patty ran on through the dawn until we said so long to his skull. Shrill yell. Shining brightly, red-rimmed and red-lined with the time, abused with the choice of the mine on ice-scraping chunks from the bills. Mouth-bleeding razors forget in the pain Antiseptic remains cuckooed by So you fly to the cozy brown snow of the east Gone it choose, choose again Sacrificials remain, make it hard to forget Where you come from, the stools of your eyes Serve to realize fame Choose again And rope is refrain of the sacrilege recluse For the loss of a horse With the bowels and the tail of a rat Come again, choose to go Comme un delta divin notre main sur le sable. Anna de Noailles. Dorothy Wordsworth, dying, did not want to read. I am too busy with my own feelings, she said. And all women who have wanted to break out of the prison of consciousness, to sing or shout, are strange monsters who renounce the treasure of their silence for a curious, devouring pleasure. Dickinson, Rossetti, Sappho, they all know it. Something is lost, strained, unforgiven in the poet. She abdicates from life, or like George Sand, suffers from the mortality in an immortal hand, loves too much, spends a whole life to discover she was born a good grandmother, not a good lover. Too powerful for men, Madame de Stahl, too sensitive, Madame de Sévigné, who burdened where she meant to give, delicate as that burden was and so supremely lovely. It was too heavy for her daughter, much too heavy. Only when she built inward, in a fearful isolation, did anyone succeed or learn to fuse emotion with thought. Only when she renounced did Emily begin in the fierce, lonely light to learn to be. Only in the extremity of spirit and the flesh and in renouncing passion did Sappho come to bless. Only in the farewells or in old age does sanity shine through the crimson stains of their mortality. And
I could do something for you now. We haven't heard a girl sing it. And it's something so popular, we'd like to try and do it for you. I hope we remember all the words.
If you can keep me, I wanna stay here with you forever. I've got my man. Someday I know he's coming to call me. He's going to handle me and hold me so. It's going to be like dying, Poggy. When he calls me, but when he comes, I know I'll have to go. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hey, Carl. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Hey, man. Face the right way the first time this time. That's how you know it's going to be a good episode. I concur. Guy on my left. Um, <laughs> we are also on... I should say we are right now streaming first on mutinyradio.fm. What a fantastic internet radio station coming out of the Mission District of San Francisco. We have been on the air since 2016. You can listen to us first every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. Let us watch. We're going to have you listen to our podcast and watch a movie on YouTube at the same time. We're also a podcast. You have to find us by the acronym mentioned up front. L. L. W. A. L. F. L. L. M. O. Y. T. stands for the two words YouTube. And you could also go to. We're also right now on YouTube itself. How Apple eat itself. One word website. YouTube. The two word website. The words being you and tube. Um, go ahead. You can f go subscribe to us, L W A F L M O Y T. And you know, Carl, we've been on the air for several years. Do us a favor, go to iTunes, just give us a review. Yeah, there, I said it. I said it after seven years. I finally said it. Carl, what is the movie this week? 
Well, that's actually what I'm going to ask you, Head of the Family 1996. Michael, what is the movie this week? It's Head of the Family from 1996. Carl, oh. I feel like our world is upside down. Normally, you research and watch a movie, and then I come in cold. But this episode... This is like a switcheroo. It's like you're over here now. All right, we're going to... Milk as much mileage. Milk as milk as much as we can out of this video. <laughs> I think. This is okay, a switcheroo so episode. You, said, you go to YouTube search engine, you you put in the head no, just head of the family. No the yes. 1996. That's correct. This is What's a movie directed by Charles Pan, and his production company, Full Moon Features, is hosting this movie. So Full this Moon is an official. Themselves? Yeah, they're this. This is they're officially giving this movie away for free. I'll bit, I'll be it edited, but don't worry. Plenty, by the way. Can I just give a content warning up front? Full uh, frontal yeah. nudity, full frontal nudity. Thank you for warning us. <laughs> and there's some gore, and there's a scummy boyfriend, but for the most part, full frontal nudity and some, no. some. Some mad scientist, if you if that kind of upsets you, which I was uh, rattled. Anyway, fine. Head of the family, nineteen ninety six, full Mike, moon features. That's yes. a lot of information to digest. It's, so now it's a chore. No, it's not a chore because what Mike has done is he's gone and double down invested in the quality of this film, this uh, this episode by getting an interview with a celebrity, not comedian. He, I would call him a comedian if you oh, think celebrity uh, comedian countdown. He's an NPR humorist. How about that? Ah, ah. <laughs> so look, take it away, Mike. Hello, hey, welcome to a special switcheroo edition of Comedian Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Uh, here with your host, Mike Spiegelman, and our special guest, Adam Felber. Welcome, Adam. Great to have you here on LWAFLMOIT. It is a pleasure to be here. Wow, and that crowd is that crowd is pumped. Red hot. You know what? Normally Carl does these interviews and he has like some kind of crowd noise. I just wanted to trump him up front, provide our own crowd noise. Adam Felber, great to have you here. Adam is a, you probably recognize Adam from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, who is, oh, yeah. I can't believe I get to say this, a panelist on the show. <laughs> uh, I am, yes. One of the great 20th century jobs, keeping it alive, being a panelist. I love it. I love uh, it, you too. Also... It's the easiest job in show business. Oh, no, you've been doing it every week. It's great. It always well, not every week, but, but uh, you know, they rotate us in and out. But, boy, you just go in, you make jokes, you leave. Love it. And you can also hear Adam and, uh, wait, wait, don't tell me, regular, Paula Poundstone with their own podcast, uh, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. And you have something, uh, we'll talk about it later, called Dad, ba Dad Bandland. So Dad Bandland, yes. Yes, I do. We'll, <laughs> let's save that for last. Okay. You wrote, I couldn't believe this. Now, Adam and I know each other. Adam is good friends of my brother, Adam Spiegelman. Also, Adam, Adam. Spiegelman is a god among this show. He created the podcast Proudly Resents, the cult movie podcast, which this show is based on. Uh, and we've had him as guests most recently for Come and Get It. So we were all gathered together, and I did not realize this, Adam, that you co-wrote the memoirs for filmmaker Charlie Ban. I did. I did. That was my uh, my uh, pandemic job. 
I, oh my I, god! I hadn't written a book in a while, but my book agent got in touch with me and said this project might interest you. And boy, was he right! It was fantastic. You know, the premise of our, of our podcast is that we—I've always read about movies and directors, but I've never seen had access to their films until YouTube came out, and now I can watch it. I did a classic. I read your book first, and then I saw his movies. Oh so, wow! Yeah, I had no idea. Like I've always heard of uh, Full Moon Productions, and I've always heard of the the long ongoing Puppet Master series, but I had no idea who this young guy was, and I didn't realize how influential he was in the '80s. Holy shit! So the guy is Charlie Van is his name, and. I gotta ask you, Adam, up front. I didn't realize, like, in the spirit of Stan Lee, in the spirit of just 20th century showmanship, this guy's a genuine showmanship. How was it to write the memoirs to a guy who's a showman? It was such a trip. And he's such a showman that um, I also thought he was a liar. I think when I, when I first took a meeting with him, he just started unspooling this, this spiel. Uh, not, 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 uh, Spiegel, Spiel, uh, he was saying, oh, uh, my dad discovered Marilyn Monroe, so she was my first babysitter, and my granddad was uh, a famous artist, friends with Chagall in Paris, but he was in the White House carving a bust or sculpting a bust of FDR when the Nazis took Paris, and so his new friend FDR settled him in Hollywood, and, and it just went on and on, and he said, I gave Demi Moore her first movie, starring role and I gave Helen Hunter for a starring role and I accidentally bought the biggest castle in Umbria in Italy and I, I, I bought Dino De Laurentiis' movie studio as south of Rome for no money down and ran it until it was taken from me after three years. Like, this endless spiel. And he was and right. All of, all of it true. turned out to be true. I agreed to the book before I knew it was all true, but right. it was all true. It's just amazing amazing guy who his, can his grandfather was story. max ban the uh, parisian uh artist who he, i've always heard but i i've never really connected you know him to anything yeah. and then also his son we should mention is the lead singer of the calling uh one his of his son sons. is the lead singer of the calling his his dad was john ford's ad on um concrete jungle asphalt jungle, whatever that movie was um that's the most remarkable uh, and he did discover Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And Marilyn we, did live here in my neighborhood. And uh, I found out. As his babysitter. You and know, he babysat him yeah. when he was one. He, it's also a story of Los Angeles. Like, he really loves Los Angeles. And at one point owned 31 properties in, yeah. around the area. Insane. He compulsively He's, collected properties. One of them is very well known. If you ever watch the... Um, the uh, first season of or first three seasons of Entourage, the giant mansion that the guys rent, that's the that's the Toberman estate, which abuts uh, uh, that park near Griffith Park, uh, Runyon Canyon. Yeah, and that estate was owned by Charlie for for several years. His I want to talk to you about Empire Pictures, Meta Arts, and the fact the man created 3D movies, recreated it in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Where do you want to start? There's a lot there. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Let's start from what I want to uh, talk about. Wizard Video Games in 1985 licensed <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the 2600. Yeah, Charlie was, Charlie takes, you know, he's not shy about saying that he invented a lot. In video That's games, high. he, um, 
he got the idea in the late 70s, I think, that, that um, video games were going to be a thing not just for kids but for adults. And with that in mind, he licensed Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween. And he licensed them for, like, no money at all. John Carpenter was his buddy. That was easy. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I mean, he was already in the business of licensing movies. And the conventional wisdom was that you can't make a video game for adults. Um, and, and there was no market for it. So... For very little money, he made a Halloween video game and a Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game. And everybody else turned out to be right. There was no market for games for adults at that time. <laughs> it was a video game bust. It was a bust. They had to sell it. You know, they had to keep it behind the counter and sell it in brown paper bags. And uh, it was, you know, parents wanted to ban it. And uh, they sold zero copies, basically. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, now it's like a it's a treasure chest. I mean, if you could find yeah. a copy of that, it's worth so much. Like, and it's one of those hollowed stories. It's funny because I was listening. I listened to the audiobook, so I heard him in full effect. And he said, I created the most notorious video game. And I said, oh, please don't let it be Hunter's Revenge, Custer's Revenge. Right, right? no. Please don't let no. it be the, the <laughs> cum-eating one. So I, I told was really, him about Custer's Revenge, though. I did. He he's kind of a classy guy. Like I really, I saw Crash is one of his early seventies films. Yeah, we head of the family. We're going to watch in a couple of minutes, and then I watched uh, Evil Bong Eight, which was an <laughs> hour long from twenty twenty two. I was on all... set for that. I visited him on set. Okay, so why don't we just close? Tell me what it's like being on the set of a Charlie Band production. Well, there's um. There's a lot of good feeling. Everybody's in a good mood. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it, they're real sets. I mean, they, there's all the personnel that you'd want. There's the sound people and the lights people. And it, it's not, it's not a completely cheapo production, even though he's made over 350 movies now. Oh um, yeah. There is nudity on set. If you, <laughs> spoiler alert, he, there are. But it was, it was great nudity. Uh, and by the way, they're at a restaurant for the entire hour and nobody stands. So you get great quality nudity sitting. Wait, above the waist nudity, yes. Above I, the waist nudity. I, I was on that set and it was, um, for these days, he's got this bright idea that like some of his, uh, the roles should be influencers that he finds on Instagram because it's a mutually beneficial relationship. The Instagrams, in, the, the IG personalities, the influencers brag about being in his movie. He gets their audience to see his movie. So those three women played themselves. They're all influencers. Yes. Well, I'll be. Because the rest <laughs> of the people, like, it stands. He has this great, like, Stanley Marvel vision of, of crossovers and having his own editorial video. Uh, and <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's a new world for me. So I went blind. I met the Tiger King in that hour. Yep. <laughs> Did you talk to the Tiger King? I, I talked to everybody on set. He was super influenced as a kid by Marvel Comics. Just And he wanted to create, when he first pitched the idea of Universal uh, in the mid-'80s, um, uh, uh, putting his movies out straight to video, he was pitching the idea of an extended universe. He thought that was where, where it was at, that he would have crossovers and have these IPs that would continue forever. And we should mention, he went bust like three times. Went right. com almost completely broke three times and then reinvented himself. And the smartest thing I think he ever did was the last time he went bust in the early 2000s when he went bust again, because it was between that and his intellectual property. And he wanted to keep the evil bong movies, the puppet master movies. He wanted to keep all his properties because he was like, I'll be back. And he was right.
He was absolutely right. And now we should mention, go to Tubi TV. Uh, there's a really good full moon entertainment channel there. There's ads, but they have the most recent. They have like 40, 50 years worth of entertainment there, including it's Charlie, his, his father, who directed, co-directed. Yeah, that's one thing. The Ghoulies 2, I did not realize it was an indoor set. They had a giant carnival. That's nuts. We're that was when he had three. Dino De Laurentiis' movie studio. Dino went belly up, f- kind of fled to America, although he never he didn't describe it that way. And yeah. uh, through some shady bank deal, gave the studio to Charlie. He had these six sound stages, and he was flourishing. Like the Puppet Master movies were rocking and rolling. So for making Ghoulies 2, he and his dad built a carnival inside a soundstage. Oh, unreal. Unbelievable. And then, of yeah. course, Troll, I should mention... Great movies. And he mentions he doesn't have the rights to those films. Those are MGM or somebody. Like, yeah, there's a they... few of his movies. You know, people people denigrate his movies, but they, people also watch his movies. So there's a there's a handful of them, including the ones for kids like Prehysteria, that he hasn't necessarily gotten all the rights back to yet. He would love uh, to get Troll back, but he doesn't have it yet. Right. And he did a lot of good kids movie. I don't know. I honestly, at the end of the day, his stories are really about stories. The mysteries of these, uh, you know, even Crash was about a magic ed, uh, amulet that, that causes chaos. And it's always about that unknown. And I, I yeah. think it's really like, you know, he is exploitative. But, you know, Adam, the definition of his exploitation is really interesting. It's something people really want to see, like the, the yeah. Corona Zombies movie. Oh, yeah. At the beginning of, of the day I met him, he was wrapping production on... The, the the movie that he was shooting right before the the lockdown for the pandemic and the movie was called Corona Zombies and it was basically <laughs> a what if this this coronavirus was actually a zombie virus and it was it was really fun to to watch that movie and but yeah his definition of an exploitation movie is what the classic the Roger Cormans of the world how they define it it's not you're not exploiting the people like a black exploitation movie doesn't exploit um black people so much as it exploits the fact that people want to see those movies in those conditions right now. Yeah. It exploits cultural moments, not the people making them. Yeah. And I thought that was a much solid because a lot of like pioneers, like just the way he figured out home video and stuff like that. Other pioneers like that, they're really nasty people or their, their movies after a while get grind down on you. And I didn't really have that vibe with him. And and no, he's relentlessly positive, even in the grossest movies. And you're about to watch by the way, ahead of the family, right? Yes. When I asked Charlie in one of our first interviews, because we spent the pandemic talking on the phone and I recorded everything. Um, when I asked him what his favorite movie was he ever made, that was his first answer. Well, that was the first movie listed. And it was classic Mike Spiegel. And I'm like, I have to read about this movie before I see it. But yeah, that was the first one. And I, I have all that information from the book that I will tell Carl when we watch this movie. So it's demented. Us... You guys are going to love it. It's, it's, it's just a crazy, crazy movie. And honestly, I'll, I'll show my cards. I thought it was really good. I yeah. love that noir stuff. He did like really kind of classic adult stuff. It wasn't really dumbed down and, and you know, but I'll say it, that Adam, it makes you wish he directed more movies. He didn't direct a lot in it, in the prime days of, of, of those. Cause he was running an entire studio and yeah. pumping out 12 movies a year minimum. So, no, yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Direct as many as I kind of wish he had because another classic I just want to tell everybody genuinely a great movie, and Quentin Tarantino agrees with me. Um, is Trancers with Helen Hunt. Thanks for bringing that up, absolutely. Uh, and one of the weirdest movies mentioned was Pulse Pounders, which featured a mini sequel to Trancers. 
Yes. Uh, they were all mini sequels, weren't they, Impulse Pounders, if I remember what correctly? What a weird movie. It was three anthology of, of sequels of, of his own productions. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I lo- I, that, was, that was his approach. It's always been his approach is to keep building on his universe. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. And oh, it comes. oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dadbandland.com. Uh, no, just uh, Google Dad Band Land. It's it's in your podcast. It is. I have a neighborhood cover band, and it struck me that that's kind of a fun thing. Um, right. So I created a podcast where we explore music from the point of view of some guys who play it. I love bad movies. I love NPR. I love Paula Poundstone. Your audience, you're on your own with this dad uh, band. band. <laughs> dad Band Land. Come on, DBL. Yeah. Audience, by this point, you enjoyed this conversation. You're ready to hit. You have this movie on pause at zero, zero, zero. What Adam says go, we want you to go ahead and press uh, play. So, Adam, starting like a three, two, one, go. Nice, even. You got Take it. it away. Thank you so much <laughs> for being on the show. Oh, enjoy the movie, everybody. Here it comes. Three, two, one, go. Wow. Albert, author of Confessions of a Puzzle, uh, Puzzle Meister. That's, that's Will Short's book. Confessions of a Puppet Master, uh, uh-huh. my years in Hollywood. And this movie gets mentioned immediately in the book. But that's his pseudonym. He's Robert uh, Talbot. 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 It's actually Charles Ban. He also is the production man. Like Boys in the Band. Charles Band. Okay. Yeah. Band on the Run was one of his chapters. <laughs> he couldn't resist, right? He could not resist. Hey, I'm with the band, he said. Uh, so check out his brother does the music. Check it out. Funny but eerie. Ooh, spooky. Oh. That's his the music. Brother has some part. Chops. Now, d- doesn't this, there's a big house and some kind of wacky, spooky music playing. What right. TV show are you thinking of right now? I'm thinking of Fuller House. <laughs> no, oh, Carl, Carl. I walked by a place in Los Angeles that had a sign that said "Full House," and I thought Carl's got to see this. It's the <laughs> Full House house in Los Angeles. <laughs> you remember how we teased the house? That was so much fun. Oh my God! I when Carl visited me in San Francisco, we literally had to go to the Full House house. Yeah, we sang to the Full House house. We sang "Charles in Charge." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They, they chased us away. So we've been staring at this house with this wacky music. What's the mystery behind this freaking house? Ghosts? Well, we'll find out when the writer, when the producer and director credit pops up. 